TII item 444, October 10th, 2017, iOS 11.0.2 and iOS 11.1 beta 2. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullet! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is sponsored by Texture. Go right now to texture.com slash TII to get your free trial. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and you are listening to the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Porter from Porter's Podcast. Oh, and my son for sending in the music you hear in the background. Porter said, Hey, Dad, this song was recorded on an iPad Pro using GarageBand. The song is called Hit, and I transferred it to your computer using AirDrop. Regards, Porter. Well, thank you, Porter, for the music. And folks, I'll put the full song at the end of the episode. I also want to thank Shelly for sending in the artwork for today's show. Shelly wrote the following. Hey, Rob, I was at the Apple Store today, third time in 10 days. Finally, remember to take a pick. I am hoping that you decide to use my pick as it shows at least one of your listeners is a young senior citizen. For the artwork, I use Typorama to add the text on the image. As always, thanks for everything you do. Regards, Shelley Martin in Ottawa, Canada. Well, thank you, Shelley, for sending in this artwork. And folks, you can see the full pick in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 444 or at instagram.com slash today in iOS and also at facebook.com slash today in iOS. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. For promo codes on episode 443, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the app alt.driving. If you are interested in winning a promo code for this app, or want to get more info, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 443. No promo codes or new ones this week. If you are a dev or an iBook author, shame on you for not sending in your promo codes. This is Shelley calling from Ottawa, and I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who contacted you with a fix for the problem with autoplay now playing, showing up every every time you raise your your watch, and that was driving me nuts. And I had looked through watch settings trying to figure out what it was and missed the setting that other people so kindly called in and wrote in to tell you about. So thank you for that. The one thing about that that was driving me crazy nuts, it wasn't just picking up the last audio played, It was picking up the last videos that I had played on my iPhone. I read Twitter via TweetBot because I hate the Twitter app, and I don't know if this is exclusive to TweetBot, probably not. But when I watch a video on TweetBot, I think what it's doing is connecting to Safari. And then an hour later, I would raise my wrist for something, and there is the video that I was watching on my iPhone showing up on Uh, as last played, but if you tap on that, you get a message saying, well, you can't watch this on your app, on your watch, you have to go and open your iPhone. So the setting that has to be disabled refers to audio, but in fact, it's picking up audio and video. And in my humble opinion, picking up video that was last played is ridiculous because you can't play it on your watch anyway. So 
huge kudos again to the users who kindly shared their knowledge about how to disable that. And uh, as everybody else says, love the podcast and thanks for everything you do. Bye. Shelly, thank you for the feedback. And that's also the same Shelly that supplied us with the artwork for today's show. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I just updated to iOS 11.0.1. And rather than being amazed at new features, I'm stuck with sluggish performance on my iPhone 6 Plus. Apps are taking twice as long to open. Anybody else? Regards, Steve R. Hey, Rob. This is Rob from Collierville, Tennessee. It's been a while since I've called the show. Uh, enjoy your show all the time. Been a, a long time listener. Listen, um, I'm I'm at 11.01. I'm not having too many problems with my iPhone 6s Plus, but I'm having problems with my Mini Pad 4 and my iPad Pro 9.7. Basic issue is I cannot update my Wi-Fi only iPad apps. They just keep on coming up, retry, 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 retry constantly, and they will not update. In fact, uh, I've always had a problem since uh, 11 with you know updating you know the apps. You know you've got to try them over and over. Um, it seems to uh, the updates seem to help the iPhone. The iPad, you know, with retrying, you know, usually would finally work, but now my iPad Pro doesn't work at all. And so it just sits retry, retry, and you can't really, um, I don't know if anybody else is having that problem. I've rebooted, I've retried everything, but I can't update my, my apps at all. So, uh, if you could, uh, let me know if there's anything I can do or if that's just a bug you think is out there with it. Um, it didn't happen initially. It's just been happening the last couple of days. So um, I don't know if it's just everybody's overloading it, the system, or whatever. So let me know uh, with your next podcast, maybe. And I'm going to just be listening to the new one you just put out. So thanks so much for all your help, and I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye. Steve and Rob, thanks for the feedback. And, yes, many people are having issues or had issues with 11.0.1. And for those... Apple has released 11.0.2, and it, again, if you have iOS 11.0 or 11.0.1, then yes, absolutely upgrade to 11.0.2. But if you have not updated to iOS 11.x and are still on 10.x, and all's working fine for you, you're probably best to wait a little bit longer. It seems that the update to 11.0.2 um, it has not fixed all the issues or problems or even many of the issues or problems with 11.0.1. The general feel from reports of the issues is even with 11.0.2, it's still heavily degraded battery life and poor performance, both of which are compounding the issues users are, have already suffered with 11.0 and 11.0.1. Happy, happy, joy, joy time. If you are on an iPhone and currently on iOS 10.x and your iPhone is working fine, then stay where you are. Hold on to the hounds. I know some will say, ah, wait, wait. You said when iOS 11.0.2 came out, then we could update. Well, technically what I said was to wait until at least iOS 11.0.2 came out. And the assumption was 11.0.2 would fix issues that were likely going to be in 11.0 and 11.0.1. Sadly, this year, it looks like 
you're going to have to wait just a little bit longer. However, if you have an iPad Pro, you may want to look now about upgrading. Maybe it just depends on if you use or need the iPad Pro for work or not. If not, the risk of the issues out there versus the reward of all the new features yeah, should be in your favor. There really are some really great new features for the iPad Pros in 11.x. All others, though, if you have not upgraded to iOS 11, I'd recommend waiting till the next update, and let's see if that fixes things. That said, many people purchased an iPhone 8 or an 8 Plus or upgraded already an older device to iOS 11. For those, these voicemails are for you. Hey, Rob, this is James down here in Texas. Listening to your show, always loving what I hear. I found a new feature in iOS 11 that I had not heard of before on any of the articles that I've been reading about. When I was in my uh, Safari browser and I click on the uh, tabs button down in the bottom corner uh, to go through my, my open windows and uh, there's a plus button at the bottom to make a new window, I saw the word iPhone and I pulled up on that. I tried to tap on it first and I pulled up on it and there's a long list of tabs that I have closed. And you know how you used to be able to uh, long press on the plus button to reopen your tabs that you had closed out previously. And apparently they have uh, redone that now to where it's in list form. And like I said, all I did was uh, go to my open tab on the Safari browser and down at the bottom it says iPhone and I just scroll up on that and it has all of my closed out tabs that I can just reopen. So there you go. There's a feature that I have not heard about yet. Uh, have a great day. Uh, looking forward to the next show. Thanks. Hi, Rob. This is Mike from Indianapolis. I've been a long-time listener to the show, and I just want to say thank you for all that you do. I'm calling in regards to the new iOS 11 feature, where from Control Center, you can click the Wi-Fi or Bluetooth button, and it disconnects you from your current Wi-Fi or Bluetooth connection, but it doesn't actually shut off Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. This is one of my favorite new features in iOS 11. When I'm at work, I have trouble with the Wi-Fi because it's a secured work network Wi-Fi, and it doesn't connect properly to some of the services and apps that I use. And so when I'm at work, I like to turn off Wi-Fi. But when I go home, I use my Apple TV and other devices around my house, and I need Wi-Fi on to use my phone as a remote controller for those devices. One of the most annoying things to me was always I would turn Wi-Fi off at work, then go home, and I had to turn Wi-Fi back on before I could control the TV. And I would never remember that it was off until I went into the remote app and it said, uh-oh, your device is not connected to Wi-Fi. Since iOS 11, I have been able to use this feature at work to turn off the Wi-Fi and it just disconnects from my work Wi-Fi. And so when I go home, it immediately reconnects without me having to do anything else. And I find it one of the most useful features in iOS. It appears that pressing the button disconnects you from your current network but leaves Wi-Fi on so that it's accessible if required at a later time. Just wanted to call in and give everyone some feedback on my opinion of this new feature. Again, thanks for all that you do, and I look forward to your next episode. Thanks. Bye. 
James and Mike, thank you for your feedback. We're going to jump into the email back. Hi, Rob. I'm asking for a friend with an iPhone 6 Plus. Honest, I wouldn't be so foolish to have upgraded to iOS 11.0.1. Under settings, Touch ID, he's trying to set up to work with in-app purchases. It asks for a passcode. He enters it and taps OK, but nothing happens. It has apparently worked in the past. Any ideas? Regards, Alf and Sheffield UK. Well, I'm going to throw this one out to the audience. If anyone can help Alf or Alf's friend, quotes around friend, give us a call. Shoot us an email. That's uh, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or shoot that email to todayinios at gmail.com. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I got my iPhone 8 Plus today, and I'm busy setting it up. So far, so good. Except I cannot print. I have two air printer printers, and neither one is recognized by my iPhone 8 Plus. My iPad, my husband's 6S and 6S Plus all print fine, as well as our Windows computers. The 8 Plus is on iOS 11.0.1, and others are on iOS 10. Has anyone else had this problem? Regards, Letitia L. Letitia, you're the first one that I've heard this issue from, but I've heard there's been many bugs with iOS 11. If anyone has had an issue with air printers not printing, please let us know. And Letitia, I would recommend you do the old standby trick. Go into settings, reset network settings, relaunch the iPhone, and then try it again. Make sure you've forced quit all your open apps and see if that fixes it. And of course, update to 11.0.2 if you haven't already. And one more email. Hi, Rob. Since I updated to iOS 11.0.2, I have experienced maximal frustration charging my iPhone 6S and iPhone 5S. I have discovered that I can only reliably charge these devices with a two-year-old lightning cable that came with the iPhone 6S. All of my other cables cycle on and off charging or don't connect at all when plugged into the device. I'm wondering if others are experiencing this. Regards, Matt S. Matt, again, like I said to Lajisha, Lots and lots of issues being reported with iOS 11.0.1 and 11.0.2. Hopefully, 11.0.3 gets its butt out the door quickly because there's some bugs that still need to be squashed. And of course, folks, if you can help either Letitia or Matt, give us a call or shoot us an email. One common story slash topic that makes the rounds each year is the myth that Apple deliberately slows down older eye devices to entice users to buy new ones. I really never address this Alex Jones type story other than to say poppycock. And well, the benchmarking company Futuremark did more than roll their eyes and berate the conspiracy types out there. They actually tested things. And here is what they found. My dismissal of those saying it was happening was warranted. As in, there is no slowdown. Back in 2016, FutureMark started collecting data for over 100,000 benchmark results for seven different iPhone models, among them running three versions of iOS. They used the data to create performance comparison charts to find out whether there have been performance drops in iOS 9, iOS 10, and iOS 11. Looking at the iPhone 5S first, which is the oldest device able to run all three of those versions, and originally released in late 2013. Based on test G- testing of the GPU performance on the iPhone 5S, it had remained and has remained consistent 
and constant from iOS 9 to iOS 11. Constant, as in not changing. Same results were seen when looking at the CPU performance. So GPU and CPU performance was constant and consistent from iOS 9 to iOS 11. They also looked at the iPhone 6, 6S, and 7. They saw some small dips and small increases when it came to GPU performance. The iPhone 6 and 7 had GPU performances get better with new versions. Again, drops and gains were small. Per CPU performance, there was a slight drop with iOS updates, but so small a user would not likely be able to notice. FutureMark had this to say, quote, Our benchmarking data shows that rather than intentionally degrading the performance of older models, Apple actually does a good job of supporting its older devices with regular updates that maintain a consistent level of performance across iOS versions, unquote. This one can be labeled as myth busted. Sorry for those Android fanboys that wanted to make some fake news. But no, Apple does not deliberately slow down old devices. Heck, they don't even slow down old devices by accident. And as we have said on this show, Apple does a great job supporting older devices longer than any other OEM out there. Yes, of course, there are more to how a device performs in simple benchmark tests. But if Apple was slowing down devices, it would have been seen on the benchmark tests. Again, file this report of Apple's deliberately or not even deliberately slowing down devices, older iOS devices, that is, under the fake news category. Because it just hasn't happened and it doesn't happen. Thanks once again to Texture for sponsoring our show. As I said before, Texture is essentially the Netflix of magazines. You get access to over 200 of the top magazines. And here is what is really important in the current environment. These are real news publications. No fake news from either the right or the left or people claiming Apple is deliberately slowing down older iOS devices. We are talking real, credible news magazines like Time Magazine, The New Yorker, Macworld, Popular Science, and many others. You know, the type that still believe in two verified sources before reporting something. But... You only need one app and service to get all these great magazines, and that is Texture. And Texture really helps me keep track of the podcasting marketplace and the smartphone industry. And that's the beauty of Texture. You get access to over 200 top magazines covering every niche with your subscription. And Texture has gone above and beyond delivering just the magazine itself. They've made it easy to find and enjoy the articles you want to read with daily recommendations, exclusive interactive features, videos, and more. Texture is normally $9.99 a month, and you get over 200 magazines. But if you sign up right now at texture.com slash TII, you get a free 14-day trial. The magazines look great on your iPhone and iPad, especially iPad Pro. And that means you have access to all the magazines anytime, anywhere. And here's what I really like. You can search for a topic across all the magazines. Search for podcast, sort by the newest, and I can keep up to date on my day job. Why on earth would you subscribe to just a couple of magazines when you could have all of the best ones on your smartphone or tablet all the time for way less? Sign up for Texture right now and gain insider access to all the content from the world's best publications, and no trees were killed to bring you these great publications. It's all just bits, man. 
Once again, go to texture.com slash TII to get your free 14-day trial. Get real news from real news sources. iOS 11 Beta 2 was just released to the devs on Monday and then later to the public beta testers also on Monday. Finally, oh, iOS 11 1 Beta 1 has been painful. So many bugs. Beta equals bugs. Again, I don't know what I was thinking installing it. One of the things Beta 2 has introduced is hundreds of new emojis. Most importantly, Apple has also brought back 3D Touch app switcher gesture on devices that are equipped with 3D Touch. This is where you 3D Touch on the left edge of the screen to launch the app switcher. Yay! More than a few have sent in feedback about missing that, and I don't know how many times I've tried to do that since updating to iOS 11. Yeah, it's been pain. There have been many articles about this, and Apple Software Engineering Chief Craig Frederici said in, in an email to one user, quote, we regretfully had to temporarily drop support for this gesture due to a technical constraint. We will be bringing it back in an upcoming iOS 11.x update. Thanks and sorry for the inconvenience, unquote. I'm looking forward to fully testing out Beta 2 because Beta 1, again, was brutal. Remember, folks, Beta equals bugs. Shouldn't be complaining, but boy, Beta 1 was painful. I am looking for confirmation on Apple Pay Cash if it was turned on, but as far as I can tell, it was not for Beta 2. So, so far, striking out there. Looks like, again, at least it was not from everything I've seen. I couldn't find it, and at least no one else is reporting it was. No leaks yet on when iOS 11.1 will go Goldmaster, but I'm guessing it will be October 31st, give or take a day, right before the iPhone 10 is released to the world. I will say this about iOS 11.1 Beta 1, one of the bugs, this was a brutal one. When you had the phone open, uh, or I should say when you're on a phone call and you tried to open up any other apps, for me at least, there would be this black bar that would cover about the 40% of the right side of the screen. So it wasn't quite halfway. Most of the way over from the right side is black bar. So you really couldn't see anything. You couldn't go into emails and check. You couldn't really do anything went on a phone call. That was tough. And I don't normally talk about bugs in the beta, but I just want to give you an example of what one was and how, how bad it can be, just to remind folks that always want to get out there and get the betas right away. Sometimes it's best to wait. And as I always say, don't put it on your main device like I did. I don't know. Again, I don't know what I was thinking. Put it on your not-so-main device, especially when you're traveling like I was last week. It was, it was tough. But... In beta 2, that bug has been squashed, so thank you, Apple, for fixing that. As I've said recently, Apple kind of looks at betas now like potato chips. They can't release just one. They also released Watch OS 4.1 beta 2 to devs. Beta 2 just looks to be mostly about bug fixing and squashing and optimization. They did also bring in support for the same 200 new emojis that were added in iOS 11, so I guess there's that. And finally, on beta 2 front is tvOS 11.1 beta 2. And that's just for devs. As expected, it's pretty boring. Just bug fixes and optimizations. No sight of Amazon Prime video yet. Uh, speaking of Apple TV, here is some feedback from those that have received their new 4K Apple TVs. Hi, Rob. I received my Apple TV 4K last night and had to play with it. I have to say, the 4K HDR with my Apple TV and Samsung 4K UHD 
with HDR looks fantastic. I ran some environmental videos on Netflix 4K, and it is gorgeous. I have to say that the selection of 4K videos is still limited from either third-party providers or through iTunes. I am waiting for 4K HDR to earn the kind of widespread acceptance that Blu-ray has taken on. Hopefully, with Roku, Apple, and gaming consoles adopting 4K, adoption will continue to rise and more content will become available. The one gripe I have with the Apple TV 4K is that it doesn't like my 4K HDR HDMI switcher box that I use to hook up my PlayStation Pro Xbox One S. My TV only accepts one input for HDR, so now I have to either have my Apple TV 4K plugged into HDMI 1 or my HDMI switcher. If any of your users know of an Apple TV 4K HDR friendly HDMI switcher, please let me know because right now I have to physically switch the plugs. Thanks, Jason in Seattle. Well, thank you, Jason, for that feedback. And if anyone can help Jason there, let me know. Should number one, Samsung. I got my video. We'll talk about that later. Back to the email bag on this. Hi, Rob. First, I want to start off saying I love your show. I love the new 4K Apple TV. I was worried about having to set up the new Apple TV again and download all my apps. But to my, to my surprise, all I had to do was set my phone next to it. Then it came up with the one home screen thing and everything started to download. It downloaded everything I had on my Apple TV. The 4K looks really, uh, really amazing on my TV and Apple screen savers just blow my mind looking at them. Uh, I have a dish account that I use to do the single sign-on. While it's not perfect, they are getting a lot better at it and it's pretty nice too. I just click on the app and I, I want to watch and it signs me in and I'm done. I'm excited for the new sports scores thing they're coming out with. I'm not sure when that starts, but my experience has been great, so I thought I would pass it on. Regards, Jacob Hansen. Jacob and Jason, thank you for your feedback. On the next episode, I'll talk about my experience with the Apple TV 4K. I have it, and I just got my 4K TV today, and my dad is here in town, and he helped me set it up. And now you might be saying, Rob, I thought you said you were going to Canada to a concert. And this is why this episode's actually late. This episode was supposed to come out last week. And I had the notes done, and I was working on it. Uh, some of these th notes earlier obviously weren't in there. I just added those. But the rest of the show notes that we're about to go over were already done. And I was getting ready to record. It was about 9 o'clock at night, and I said to my wife, because I was Thursday night, and I was getting ready to leave for L.A. on Friday. I said, hey, honey, why don't you go ahead and hand me the passport so I can put them in my bag so we don't forget them. And she, she got me the passports, and my passport was fine. Her passport had expired a year ago. And that was late Thursday night and Columbus Day was Monday and I spent most of that night trying to find if there was a way to salvage our 20-year anniversary trip and there wasn't. And for the record, it was completely my fault, not my wife's, that hers was expired. I had assumed that we had registered them together. I had only checked my passport date when I went and bought the tickets. 100% my fault. So I am the one in the doghouse. Um, when I said it was my wife's expired, I don't want to infer at all. It was my fault, or her fault. It was all my fault. So long as the short of it was we had to cancel our trip to Canada and my bucket list item to see Krista Berg in concert. So it's still on the bucket list. Now I guess we'll have to go to Europe to see him in concert. 
hopefully, knock on wood, someday that'll happen. But in any case, I kind of blew my 20-year anniversary, and I'll hear about it, oh, at least into my 50-year anniversary. On the plus side, I'm here, and I get to hang with my parents a little bit longer because they came in town to watch our children while we were going to be out of town. And Dad today helped me run some wires and and get the 4K TV, and we got that set up. And to tomorrow, I'll be setting up the Apple TV. And my choices were set it up tonight or get an episode out, and I got I chose you guys over my Apple TV 4K. Next episode, we'll talk about my experience with the Apple 4K TV with the Vizio 50-inch M-Series, which is their one that supports the Dolby HDR. And you can buy that at Costco, or not Costco, but excuse me, at Sam's Club is where I got it at. For a 50-inch at Sam's Club, it, it'll run you with taxes, at least in Kansas, a little under $600, just to put some price points. And the pricing goes up as you go into a bigger one. But that was... As near as I can tell on the Vizio, that's the the M series and the P series are the two that support the Dolby video. And the M series is the lower cost. Really, it looks like the only difference between the M series and the P series. P series, you get a Android remote with it. So no reason to do that. Just go with the M series. And you can get them at Sam's Club right now. And sometimes they have them at Costco as well. Hey, Rob. This is uh, Alan from Bend, Oregon. Wanted to share my uh, impressions and feedback on the uh, Apple ordering process. Last week on Thursday, actually it was late Thursday afternoon, I ordered a new uh, iPhone 8 Plus, and I was just maybe hoping that if all things went well, they'd ship it on Friday. I'd have it on Monday. Lo and behold, they actually shipped it later that same afternoon, probably three hours after my order went in. And I had it the next morning in uh, less than 24 hours from order to phone in hand. I guess uh, glass half empty folks would say it's because everyone's waiting for the iPhone 10 and no one's ordering. Uh, glass half full would say it's a, another example of Apple's just excellent processes and great, great customer service. Maybe it's a little of both, but... Um, I am very, very happy with the new 8 Plus. I was coming from a 6S Plus, so it's a great upgrade to me. Uh, a couple of things people haven't mentioned uh, or that much is the uh, great stereo audio. Uh, I love the glass back and the look of it compared to the 7, 7S. And I'm just really pleased with the, the new 8 Plus and the service from Apple. Oh, uh, one thing I did want to mention, uh, iOS 11, uh, loving it. One thing that I think is a significant step back that I haven't heard mentioned uh, on the show, the album art on the lock screen used to be not quite a full screen, but certainly a large you know, art view of the cover of your album. And now it's just a tiny little thumbnail, which is so small has to be pretty useless. So sadly, I'm missing that. It would have been great if Apple had been able to offer maybe an option of two different lock screen configurations, one the way it had been through iOS 10 and now the new way with the thumbnail. Don't know if there's any other way to get that back, if you or your listeners have any uh, thoughts on that. But otherwise, uh, loving iOS 11 in almost every way, but I think that one is kind of a negative and a step backward. Thanks, Rob. Love the show. Love all the help you provide for your listeners, and uh, that's my story. Cheers. Alan, thanks for the feedback. And if anyone out there can help Alan with the lock screen image, which I couldn't find an answer to, 
And I didn't see any way to uh, change the size of it in iOS 11. But if anyone does know of a solution, when I'm assuming Alan was using the music app and making the album art- artwork larger in the lock screen, please let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Speaking of emails, let's go into the email bag. Hi, Rob. As one of Apple's and I's closest friends, I thought... I should let you know that we are going through a rocky patch in our relationship. We've been together now for eight years, and I still recall when we first met, Apple would always pay me lots of attention, and I felt like we would last forever. I would receive regular little signs that Apple really cared about me, such as great accessibility, and in return, I would spend all my money on Apple so that we were both happy. Every year on our anniversary, Apple would give me something new and exciting, and this really helped to keep our relationship fresh. I was like a lovesick teenager. Whenever Apple gave me something new, I would giggle and think how lucky I was. Fortunately, Rob, I have noticed that the magic has been slipping away during the last few years. The new and exciting gifts that Apple would provide have become very predictable, and this year, Apple even gave me the same thing as I got last year. Exactly the same thing. The latest iPhone from Apple is almost identical to the one I got last year. It looks like the imagination has gone from our relationship. And I think Apple might be more interested in someone else. I heard that Apple has been spending more time and effort on someone who lives in Wall Street. Now that I think about what has been going on between us during the last few years, I started to notice those broken promises, the lack of imagination, lack of attention to me, giving me gifts that don't work, and expecting me to find, get them uh, fixed, etc. Apple has even started to give me things that I can't ha- have for at least six months in the future instead of giving them to me now. Apple's lack of care and commitment to me has inevitably resulted in me looking elsewhere for the attention that I crave. I'm seriously considering ending our relationship and looking for someone else to take care of my needs. I'll probably give Apple a few more chances to bring the sparkle back to our relationship but I won't hang on forever. Regards, Stuart Duncan, Dundee, Scotland. Stuart, thanks for the email. May I suggest the two of you take a trip somewhere nice together, alone. I hear trips together, alone, sometimes help rekindle things. I only hear such things. I hear similar sentiment, though, from that you have from others. And as I have said, there is no real reason at all to upgrade from a 7 Plus to an 8 Plus. It is a pretty boring update for 7 Plus owners, unless you are really, really into wireless charging. In which case, you will be disappointed on another front, and that is you will need to wirelessly charge it less often than any other smartphone. Evil folks at One Infinite Loop give you this device. You can now finally wirelessly charge. Then they go and make the device so efficient, it does not need to be charged that often. That is really just a cruel joke on those that have been waiting so long for wireless charging. Bonarina did a battery test of many different smartphones, and even though the 8 Plus battery is a little smaller than the 7 Plus, the new A11 Bionic chip is really, really efficient, and oh yeah, really, really fast. In the test, the 8 Plus lasted 10 hours and 35 minutes. 10 hours, 35 minutes, 10 hours, 35 minutes. Let me repeat that. Way outperforming all the other top-end smartphones. 
In second place was Xiaomi's MI6, which lasted for 9 hours and 14 minutes. Third place was the HTC U11 at 9 hours and 3 minutes. The Galaxy S8 was at 8 hours and 22 minutes, over 2 hours worse than the 8 Plus. The Note 8 was worse at 7 hours and 50 minutes, and Google's Pixel clocked in at 7 hours and 45 minutes. The LG G6 was at a dismal 6 hours and 9 minutes. Again, these all compared to the 8 Plus at 10 hours and 35 minutes. Hey, Stuart, if you're still listening, take a trip together. You'll have a much longer and funner time on that trip with the 8 Plus. These tests do bode well for the iPhone 10. At least Apple says they have similar battery life. Still, it was pretty evil on Apple's part to release a wirelessly charged device. You can go over 10 hours without having to charge it. I guess you could always play the top-off game and try to keep it as close to 100% all the time. Now we just have to wait for Apple's next evil trick, putting a bigger screen in a smaller package which will just torment all of those looking to show off their bigger phones. I'm going to go a little off script here. I didn't even script this out because I didn't want to put it in writing. There's been some rumors about Sprint and T-Mobile merging. I live in Overland Park, Kansas. I have some friends that work at Sprint. It's not a rumor. If the regulators approve it, it's a done deal. So yes, Sprint and T-Mobile are merging. It will happen. Not if, just if, well, not if between the two companies, only if, if the regulators shoot it down, like the uh, one time that MCI or WorldCom or somebody tried to buy Sprint and it got shot down. In any case, at least from inside Sprint, the folks in there consider it a done deal. For those of you looking to search for an interesting app on your desktop via iTunes, You may have noticed version 12.7 of iTunes removed the apps from the iTunes store, which I really do not get and really makes my job of getting links for my show notes a true PITA. Well, for me and others looking for apps in the iTunes store, good news. Apple quietly released iTunes 12.6.3 that brings back the app store to iTunes. Given the numbering, this looks to be a temp solution to just appease a small group of us and will not likely be part of iTunes 12.7.x and later. Apple kind of said it was needed for some business users performing internal app deployments. This version of iTunes is available for both Mac and PC users and is specially configured by Apple to be installed even if you've already upgraded to iTunes 12.7. Warning. You may have to rebuild your app library manually and your library overall, so be careful. iTunes 12.6.3 does support iPhone 8 and iPhone 8 Plus among uh, all the iOS devices that you've already updated and are running iOS 11, so it does support any iOS 11 devices. Apple does state they only officially support iTunes 12.7, so look at 12.6.3 as a very temp item stopgap, band-aid solution for just a few users for a limited period of time. But if you need to do enterprise deployment of apps or need to check through the top 200 lists more easily, then get 12.6.3 while the getting is good. 
Hi Rob, this is Arnie in San Diego. Hey, one thing about the new iPhone 10 is if you're driving and your screen auto locks like mine does, I have a corporate email so it has to lock every five minutes or so. You have to take your eyes off the road to unlock it. Whereas with Touch ID, I can just touch my thumb over, reach my thumb over out of my peripheral vision and unlock the phone. Uh, that's the reason I didn't order the 10. I ended up ordering the uh, 8 Plus. Anyhow, uh, love your show. And uh, that's my feedback about the uh, iPhone 10. The reason I'm not getting that one. Have a good day. Bye. Arnie, thank you for your feedback. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I'm wondering if you can unlock the new iPhone 10 when wearing sunglasses. I'm also wondering if people using Bluetooth devices to make a call while driving will have to take their eyes off the road to unlock the phone. As a voiceover user, I am also often use my phone while it's in my pocket. I'm guessing that I won't be able to uh, be doable with the 10. I'm sticking to the 6 Plus because I really, really need the headphone jack. I'll be hard-pressed to stick with iOS when my iPhone 6S Plus dies. Is there any way that Apple might make a future line of phones with a headphone jack? Thanks again for the great podcast, Greg and PA. Well, Greg, there is always the iPhone SE, which does still have the headphone jack. So they are still making new iPhones with the headphone jack, but it is a smaller size device. And per the question about sunglasses, Apple has said that their IR sensors will be able to penetrate most sunglasses and will be able to see your eyes uh, through the sunglasses. We'll find out more come November. Hi, Rob. I was happy to hear that so many blind and visually impaired users who are hoping to get their hands on the iPhone 10 and future editions express concern over Face ID. Being visually impaired myself, I know there is strength in numbers. I am somewhere in the middle. While I can see to be able to look at the phone, the state of my eyes makes may make it tricky to use Face ID. The right eye is just messed up, and my left pupil looks more like a pinhole at its largest. So if scanning the retina is a key factor in using Face ID, I may have issues. Luckily for me, this isn't my upgrade year. Regards, Shane. Well, Shane, I don't believe that it's at all retina scan. Matter of fact, I know it's not. They haven't said anything about it being a retina scan, just that it can detect if you're looking at the screen or not, I guess how your eyes focus in on it. But it's not a retina scan per se. And since it's not an upgrade year, you're going to have a lot of chances to hear about how well it does or does not work for people with accessibility issues and sight issues. Hey, Rob. The iPhone X's lack of a home button got me thinking about a few things such as screenshots. And I was curious how that would work. So I did a little digging and thought I would share what I found. One, how do you take the screenshot? You press the lock and the volume up buttons at the same time. This makes sense as I believe it is the same key combination for the hard reset, which also typically uses the home and lock button on the iPhone 7 and 7 Plus, that is. Uh, two, what do screenshots look like on a non-rectangular screen? Looks like they include the taskbar and what would have been behind the sensor cutout. I am sure there are other applications that must be considered, such as guided access, but that's all I came up with for now. Regards, Lou V. Well, thank you, Lou, for the feedback. Hi, Rob. 
to answer one of your listeners' questions about Face ID and how blind people would use it, when voiceover is enabled, the iPhone X will disable the attention-aware feature. Also, during the setup, voiceover will tell you which way to move your head. As for wireless charging, your case can be more than one millimeter thick, from what I've heard. Love the show. Regards, Maria. Maria, thank you for the feedback. And yes, I heard it could be more than one millimeter thick. It can be a couple millimeters, a few millimeters, even a little bit more than that. We'll find out how much it degrades, though, as it gets thicker. And that will also have to do with the material being used. Some materials uh, will let through almost all of the inductive charging, while others will block a good percentage of it. A lot more about this on future episodes. Hey, Rob, this is Darius from West Virginia. I uh, thought I would answer a couple of questions that some of your callers had. In regards to the gentleman who asked about disabling the auto-launching of the audio apps, uh, I think he was talking about the podcast app, it's in a really odd place. If you go to the watch on settings and go to the wake screen, down at the bottom, auto-launch audio apps. If you turn that off, it doesn't auto-launch your audio apps. Another question uh, on the 9.7-inch iPad Pro, which I don't have, but I think this will work. I had a 10.5-inch, and when I open up for slide over, a gentleman was calling about not being able to use slide over. But if I open up split screen, two apps side by side, and then I like having messages as a slide over, I drag messages up to the middle of the split screen apps, it kind of floats in the middle, and then you can slide it on the screen, and then that app will be slide over, but you can pull out and slide back. Hope that helps some people. Talk to you later, Rob. Hey, Rob. This is Tom from Crystal Lake, Illinois. I don't know if this is going to help or not to the gentleman who called in on episode 442, but he was running a iPad Pro 9.7 having a problem with slide over. I, too, am running that same device with iOS 11, and when slide over is a little bit confusing when you are in an app and you grab and hold and bring up another app. There's two versions. One, you can tell the compatible apps are very thin, so they will pull up and slide right over and pop into the right side. To get it to slide over, my problem was I was grabbing at the top and trying to slide it over. You cannot do that. You need to put your finger to the right. If it's on the right, just next to the app, say in the middle of the screen, slide it over to the other side. Do the same to the other side. If you want to put that app into play, you grab from the top, pull it down a little bit, and then it will slide, put into that spot. Certain apps, if you try different apps and you pull them up, once you grab them out of the dock to pull them up, you'll see some are thin, more rectangle shaped, some are squared. The squared ones are non-compatible. They're not going to do it. They're just going to pop in full screen. Anyway, I don't know if that helps, but the big slide over thing was very confusing to me because I thought you could just grab it anywhere and slide it from the left to the right. But no, you actually have to, say, push it from the direct to the side uh, to the window. Thanks for all you what, what you do. Take care. Hey, Rob, in response to a uh, caller sort of having issues with slide over on the iPad, I had actually the exact same problem, but I figured out what it is. It's actually changed the way that the app uh, performs. 
So instead of where you used to be able to slide from the right to the left and the apps came right over, now you actually have to bring it up from the dock. So when you slide up on iOS 11 and your dock appears and there's your apps and then you hold your finger on the uh, application and drag it up and it opens the window over top of your page, you let it go and then it's there. And then once it's on top of your current app, then you slide that one from the top down, and then it will actually impose it where you can make the bars left and right to how big you want it. I thought that was a problem, too, with iOS 11, but it turns out they just changed the way that you actually do that function. And I discovered that through the tips app on the new upgrades iOS 11. All right, hope this helps your listeners out. Have a great day. Talk to you again. Thanks, gentlemen, for sending in your feedback there. We're going to go into the email bag now. All right, I hope you don't mind me trolling you like this. I wonder if you could provide insight. I'm in the UK. Only people on the EE network get privilege of trying out the Apple Watch with LTE firsthand, for now anyway. I looked on the Apple Store app and attempted to make a purchase, though I am on O2. But on getting to the payment page, it said nothing about the carrier network all the, all, all the way through. My question is, if I got the Apple Watch with LTE today... Would it automatically be locked into EE or is this feature that needs to be turned on? And so even if I got the Apple Watch today, it would work for my work for now without LTE. And if and when O2 wakes up and smells the roses and coffee, I can then activate LTE on my network. Regards, Tosin. Well, Tosin, you can buy the LTE Apple Watch and not activate it. There's a you can just there's an option to just skip the activation. So you can buy it and then later on if your carrier then supports it, then you should be able to activate it with that carrier. That said, there's no guarantee that O2 will ever work with it. For now, we know the carriers that will and I think Apple's mentioned a couple that might, but if they haven't officially said O2 O2 will work with the Apple Watch LTE. It's risky. That said, if you're going to buy one and they're going to last you a long time, I would go ahead and get the one with the LTE. And maybe you won't even be with O2 in a couple of years from now. Maybe you'll move on to EE or some other network in the UK that supports the LTE Apple Watch. Hey, Rob, it's Woody calling in from New Jersey, and I wanted to report a problem I'm having with both iOS 11.0 and 11.0.1, which is when I go into Siri and search, which is uh, when you pull down on the home screen and the search field appears, I guess it was formerly known as Spotlight Search, and I go to search for an app about 90% of the time, it requires me to type the entire app name every single character, including spaces, and if it has an exclamation point at the end, everything, in order for it to return the app. So if I type T-W-I-T-T-E, I don't get anything. But if I put the R on the end, then the Twitter app shows up and I can open it. This is a huge hassle because I have like 200 plus apps on my iPhone 7 Plus. And another thing that it does is it doesn't return like kind of, I don't know, contextual search. So if I'm looking for, I don't know, uh, real estate, uh, it it doesn't pull back uh, Trulia and Zillow and, you know, realtor.com. I have to enter everything 
you know, exactly as it's named, where the old version used to have some sort of contextual search and make suggestions. So they've kind of made the thing a lot less useful to me. And I'm wondering whether it's a problem that I'm having. I'm wondering if they somehow changed uh, the listings in the App Store and you know, basically are now searching on different fields or something that the app developers are not all doing correctly because uh, clearly uh, some apps do come back with partial spellings, but other apps do not. So uh, I'm just wondering if this is unique to me. I know on my Mac, if I'm having trouble in Spotlight Search, I can uh, re-index Spotlight and it dramatically improves the performance. So if anybody knows of a way to re-index uh, Siri and Search database on iOS, that would be most helpful, but I wanted to make you aware of it and hope that someone from Apple is listening. Uh, I reached out to them on Twitter, and they're usually pretty responsive, but they just uh, ignored me this time. So any help you could get me would be much appreciated. Uh, love the show. Keep up the great work. Thanks. And before anyone else has a chance to even give an answer to Woody, Woody sent this following email in. Hi, Rob. A little update on my problem with Siri and Search. It turns out I had switched off Spotlight Search for all apps except Apple apps in iOS 10 because Apple told me that keeping it on sometimes made it buggy to search for contacts. Well, Spotlight became Siri and Search in iOS 11. While this was not the case in iOS 10, apps now must have Siri and Search switched on in order to be returned in the search results when you pull down on the home screen and start typing in an app name into the search field. This is a major pain for me as I have oh, 200 plus apps, but at least now I can find all my apps easily. It's also worth noting that the contact spotlight search bug from iOS 10 has not resurfaced. Thanks for all you do. Regards, Woody. So Woody, thank you for pointing out the issue you had, because I'm sure some others have that, and then coming back with the answer to your issue. Hi, Rob. For the past few weeks, it appears that the free app of the week has disappeared from the Apple iPhone app store. Regards, Carlos. Carlos, you would be correct. I don't see it anymore, and I've seen other people report that it's gone as well, and hopefully it will come back soon, very soon. And if anyone does know how to get it back sooner, as in now, please let us know. Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Also, when you're in App Store, don't forget to get the Fandango app. Not a commercial, just wanted to remind you because the Star Wars Episode Eight is available now for pre-order so you can get your tickets now for Star Wars Episode Eight. Go get them now for The Last Jedi while you can. I have my tickets for my family. We're going to go see it Thursday night. Right when it releases, the or the night before, 7 p.m., we have our tickets, we're going. So make sure, go get the Fandango app and pre-order your tickets ASAP. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. Does either Apple Watch 3 or Watch OS 4 make selecting and listening to podcasts any easier? Walk a lot for exercise and almost always listen to downloaded podcasts while walking up to now. Loading selected podcasts each morning before I headed out for my walk is humbug. Any help from you or your legions of listeners would be appreciated. Thanks for all you do for the iOS, watchOS, tvOS community. Regards, Will B. and Honolulu. And Will, it's going to get better is the way I would look at it. It's not quite there yet. The TI app 
is available on the watch oh on watch os 4 and on the lte i haven't been able to get it to work quite yet where it can download and play an episode without the with your out your iphone being with you which is what i'm assuming you're you're trying to do is get it to work when you don't have your iphone with you there will be solutions here with lte and podcasts soon and we'll talk about that more when there are those solutions are out there howdy rob drew from amarillo texas long time since i've called i was just going back over the keynote from the big announcement yesterday did i hear eddie correctly we're going to have an amazon prime video app on apple tv please get back to me and let me know looking forward to hearing about it thanks bye-bye drew yes yes it's coming when it's coming, sometime before the end of the year is all we know. Everyone was assuming before the September event or at the September event or when iOS 11, or I should say really when tvOS 11 came out, but still no sign of it and no reports of any predictions yet about when exactly it's going to come. There's been a few rumors that it would come and didn't come, and those rumors came and went. So right now all we can say is, Probably around December 20th or maybe earlier. Hi, Rob. This is Emily. And I was wondering if you could ask Siri what I should wear for Halloween. Hey, Siri, what should I wear for Halloween? You could go as an eclipse. Just dress in black and stand in front of things. What should I wear for Halloween? How about a tasseled wabigong? What should I wear for Halloween? The scariest thing I can think of. A human hypothetical question. What should I wear for Halloween? You could put on surgeon scrubs, hold some instruments, and tell people you're an operating system. What should I wear for Halloween? Plankton. What should I wear for Halloween? Boo. What should I wear for Halloween? You could place a calendar on your head and go as an update. What should I wear for Halloween? Personally, I think intelligent agent would be an excellent choice. What should I wear for Halloween? You could be a disembodied voice. What should I wear for Halloween? Put on a little round hat and go as an inverted breathe. What should I wear for Halloween? Be a ghost. All you need is an old spreadsheet. What should I wear for Halloween? Put on a little pointy hat and go as a circumflex. What should I wear for Halloween? Jump up and down, over and over, and shake your fist. You can tell people you're anti-gravity. What should I wear for Halloween? You could be a pirate. I'll be your co-pirate. What should I wear for Halloween? Whatever you've always wanted to be, Robert. What should I wear for Halloween? Grab a pillow, some cardboard, and a brown t-shirt, and you're a s'more, s'more or less. What should I wear for Halloween? Be a sign wiggler. It's such a lively way of communicating. Thanks again to Texture for sponsoring this episode. Folks, go right now to texture.com slash TII to get your free 14-day trial with access to well over 200 of the best and most popular magazines. Before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode. Be a question or rant you have about something else. An app, a product review, good or bad. As long as it is iOS-related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for new artwork that feature that you have created on iOS device. 
Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on iOS device to play on the show. It's your show and your feedback is greatly desired. So please, emails, voicemails, send in your thoughts, iOS 11, the new iPhone 10 that's about to launch, if you're getting it or not, or the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus or any of the new products released this fall. Let us know what you think. And don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And a quick reminder, if you're an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook, indicating you are the dev or the author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Finally, check out our updated, recently updated TI app, which is free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. It is fully voiceover friendly, of course. Per this latest update, we added the ability to comment from there. So make sure you take a chance to go into the TI app and leave some comments from inside the app. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.